Yeah. Oh, Jesus. God. Uh, Brenda. Oh, I didn't want no one seeing me like this. Hey y'all, welcome to Martell's Movie Madness. This is your host, as always, Ryan Martell. And I'm here with the co-host, Cagney Larkin. How's it all going, Alright, I'm doing alright, man. How about you? I'm here with Martell the God, my favorite person in the world to do podcasts with. You're damn it's always right. a good damn time watching I, movies with you. I totally caught Cagney off guard by starting. Yeah, He was yeah. taking a big old fat rip of his vape <laughs> when I... Hit record. Oh man, you're saying it's like a douche. You can hit, you can hear the vape. I think in the background no. when I'm doing the when I say hey, y'all. <laughs> maybe, maybe. For yeah, this episode, I think no. you can. It's just special effects, man. Yeah. Um. So yeah, this week, uh, we're doing creepy crawlies. Movies about just fucking monstrous insects. Yeah, which is always fun, <clears throat> man. You know, insect movies go way, way back, bro. Well, just give me a big old giant monster, and I'm halfway there already. Right, right. You know? But even, like, in the 50s, you know, the movie Ants. Yeah. And, uh, them, and just giant bugs, you know? It was a huge fear for people. Like, drove people crazy. Which so, is still very effective today. Yeah, and before we get started on all that, though, I do want to thank Troy Babs for becoming a Patreon member. He joined us Woo! last week, right after the show dropped. Um... And we want to thank you for coming along and uh, you got supporting some the cool show. Cool content on Patreon to listen to, my friend. Um, so yeah, and now we got one date to plug since everything else is canceled, and this might be canceled eventually as well. Uh, not. Hopefully not. not, but uh, let's just you know face the facts: people aren't actually trying to make the virus go away in America, so. How can you try? I'm going to punch it in the face. Let's just not do things that the doctors are telling us not to do. Yeah, true. true. Uh, so, yeah, we got the 60-second horror challenge coming up in October. It's going to be on the 17th of October at Frothy Beard Brewing Company in Charleston, South Carolina. Uh, the 60-second horror film, uh, the 60-second horror challenge is a film festival where they're going to be playing 60 short films all under a minute long each. Uh, they're going to have some celebrity guest judges there, give out awards. It's going to be lots of fun. It's a cheap ticket, so go Do ahead you know and grab who one. The celebrity guest judges are? Okay, so um, as far as I know, they're going to have the two main actors from Paranormal Activity movie. Very cool. Uh, Katie and what was the other guy? The guy's name, Micah? Micah, yeah. Yeah, Micah. Katie and Micah are going to be there, or they're, they're supposed to be there, or were supposed to be there before. Mm-hmm. Um,. I want to say uh, the guy who did the voice of the Crypt Keeper is going to be there. John, John Kisser, right and that is on, name. man. That's cool. Um, uh, Catherine Isabel was was scheduled to be there. Yeah. These are all. This is from the last time Previous I checked. List, it's been yeah. a. It's been a minute since I checked the celebrity yeah. list. Uh, last time I checked was when I found out the date was changed. Well, if those guys so, are there. You're in for a treat. Oh yeah, I'm definitely excited, especially for Catherine Isabel because. Ginger Bites and American Mary and right, right, all that dude. good shit. Love She's amazing. Uh, so yeah, that's all the dates we got to plug this week. So we're gonna just jump right in. Cagney, what you been watching? 
Well, this week, Ryan, I tried to keep with our theme. I knew we had a Creepy Crawlies episode <clears throat> coming up, and you know, there's just an abundance of killer bug movies out there. So I sat out and I watched two movies that I hadn't seen before, both from the year 1988. The uh, first one is The Nest, which is actually uh, produced by Julie Corman, Roger Corman's daughter. And it was actually a really fun movie. Uh, it takes a bit to get built up, but like the last half hour of this movie is full on Roger Corman. But there's body horror and just like this awesome 80s. Is this the one with the roaches? Yes, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I know this uh, one. Yeah, have you seen it? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's been a long, long yeah, time. Yeah, it's on Prime. Really yeah. good. Uh, yeah, the awesome, there's like these animal roach hybrids in the movie, and then there's these human roach hybrids in the film yeah. as well. They're just really fucking cool, man. And the special effects were awesome. The body horror of it all, you know, it's really cool stuff. Uh, I followed that up, a little double feature with Slugs that came out the same year, 1988, uh, available on Prime as well. And it's exactly what you, mm-hmm. you know, think it's about. The movie about killer slugs taking yeah. over town. But there's one scene in the movie that is just so damn cool, man. There's, a, like, a couple on bed Next thing you know, like the girl gets dragged off and looks down, and she's on the floor in a sea of black slugs. Yeah, right? and looks up at him, and like half of her face is just fucking gone, dude. And she's getting eaten up. Dude. Hell yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, that Sounds scene alone gross. like made it worth it. And that also, this film has a a man chopping off his own arm because a slug is in his glove when he puts. Oh his, yeah, you know, he puts his damn uh, he puts his gardening glove on. All of a sudden, he starts getting bit by a slug, and he can't get the glove off, so he just chops off his own arm with a fucking gardening hatchet. Hell this yeah. is like the first half hour of the movie. You're like, oh, shit. So this movie had a really cool first and second act with the slugs. Didn't really deliver in the third act. But The Nest, the movie I talked about prior, completely yeah. opposite. Completely opposite. The beginning of it's boring as shit. There's just some cockroaches. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the last 30, that minute, last 30 minutes of that movie really delivers so check out Slugs and The Nest, both available. Yeah, dude, I, re- I remember The Nest being on, like, cable a lot when yeah. I was a kid. Somehow I'd never seen um, it. It was, like, that movie, Bordello of Blood, and my grandpa used to sell bootleg copies of uh, Night of the Living Dead. Okay. At the <laughs> right. flea market. Yeah, he had, like, a whole bunch of bootleg VHS copies of yeah. it. And uh, those three movies were, like, the first... Like, they really scared the shit out of me when right, I was a kid, because, right. like, I, I wouldn't, I would never be actually sitting watching them, but i just kind of catch them in the background as yeah. I was playing, because my grandpa liked to watch those movies, and, um, Wait, my, grandma, and my uncle, movies yeah, my uncle and my grandpa liked horror movies, my grandma didn't, my grandma doesn't, still doesn't like, really doesn't like movies, she yeah. likes, like, uh, Lifetime movies and, like, uh, melodramas, like, stuff right, like that. Right. Things they can uh, relate to. Yeah, things that are just not good at all. <laughs> Or they're good, but they're good in a in a like, yeah. wow, why am I watching this right, kind of way? Right. But I can't turn away. <laughs> um, I did, uh, finished off with one more third watch classic that I hadn't watched in forever. <clears throat> Gremlins two. Hell yeah! I absolutely love this movie so much. It's so fun. Uh, they cut back with the Gremlins franchise. You know, they just take it and they go loose with it. And I absolutely love it. The whole Hogan scene. Hands down, best scene in the movie. But uh, yeah, going back to it and revisiting it, you know, I think it's been a while since I watched it. It was awesome. It was really good. And uh, I think that wraps it up for the movies that I watched this week, Ryan. 
So uh, tell me about what you've been looking at. Ooh, brother. Okay, so I do. I got a pick of the week. Uh, it's Ernest Goes to Camp awesome. this week. Uh, I didn't actually rewatch it, but uh, I had planned on rewatching it. But I just picked this one as my pick of the week because it's a good summertime movie. Uh, if you want to watch a movie that makes you, you know, kind of shed a tear and then makes you feel really good and and you know, it's all around just family wholesome fun. And with all Jim Barney and make you tear up. Ernest scare Ernest uh Ernest goes to camp, not Ernest scared stupid. Uh, Ernest goes to camp is your movie. Uh, just especially I know a lot of people my age have kids or um have siblings that have kids. Right. So this is something you can show your little niece or nephew or your son or daughter or, or non-binary child. Um, just to kind of like introduce them into this silly, stupid slapstick comedy genre without it being too raunchy, you yeah, know, because yeah. Ernest is about as wholesome as it gets. Yeah, there's not like very filthy humor in it at all, you know, and Ernest was a household name when we were growing up. For know? sure, so for sure. Bring Ernest back. We Show need your whole family to Ernest movies. We need uh we need the resurgence of Ernest, man, because you know Jim Barney, God rest his soul, was a wonderful actor. Yeah, wonderful voice actor. Wonderful, well. wonderful actor, and uh and that, that that's actually probably what the today's generation knows him for is his voice acting. Yeah, for Slinky. On for Slinky, Toy yeah, on Toy Story. Um, but yeah, I gave Ernest Goes to Camp a five out of five. It is one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, Ernest saves the camp he saves this <laughs> there's a camp that's like on native land and like the natives help run the camp and whatnot right i think it's very it's politically potent today even today with the with its little social commentary it has in it you yeah, know because right, he's saving them their their land right in the movie yeah yeah something like yeah. that the developers want to buy the land and he try he helps them not be able to buy yeah, it yeah, it says a lot you know, not just for their culture but for like, many things yeah it's really good and uh I think I think the Ernest movies get overlooked as like being truly good movies because of how silly they are. Yeah. But like they really are. They're truly good movies. And, and, and some the whole of them are sillier than others. Yeah, right? yeah, of course. And the whole but the whole franchise is written and directed by the same guy. Right. Stars the same guy. It's the only franchise I can think of in the history of film yeah. where every single movie in the franchise is directed and written by the same guy. And has the same starring role. When's the last time you watched Ernest Goes to Africa? Oh, God. It's been a minute. That one's probably problematic as fuck. I man. think we should revisit that, because that just popped <laughs> in my head. Yeah, I want to see how problematic that is, or how... I want to see how politically correct or incorrect that film is. God, I know that one's a mess, probably. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> we gotta find out. Uh, okay, so I did watch a few other things on Prime. Uh, I finally got around to watching Come to Daddy... Uh, yes, right on, man. See, it's not what you expect, right? That's my first initial reaction. Of your so, uh, okay, so I, I will admit I did like the movie. Yeah. I did, I liked it a lot, but it was a real slow start for uh -huh. me. Like I was just like, okay, what's going on in this movie? Then once I started hearing, like once once uh, Elijah Wood starts hearing the noises from the basement, yeah, yeah I figured it out. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, I know what's going on yeah, now. Right. Uh, I'm not going to spoil it for anybody who hasn't watched the movie yet, but it's got a good little twist to it. It uh, it was kind of predictable, but not like totally predictable. Yeah, maybe some of the the gags in it were really cool. The yes, pencil, the pencil thing. Yes, awesome. yes, awesome. Yes. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of good, a lot of good uh, gore in this movie, which right. is weird because it's not like it's not a super gory movie when it's when it's on the whole, but like the parts that are gory are. Gorier than fuck. 
Um, it's also a movie, you know, I talked last week about watching a movie with your expectations and being somewhat let down, but then yeah. thinking about it, revisiting it later on with your expectations mm-hmm. in check, knowing what to expect and having a different experience. This is one of those movies for me. I think my I, first watch it wasn't too impressed. I think I was just wanting it to be something else. More oddball yeah. than it was. You know, it's it's pretty straightforward, and it does have that oddball cap- uh, mm. sensibility to it, but it's not as odd as I was expecting it to right, be. Right. Um, but I do love Elijah Wood playing that, like, shitty, entitled millennial character. Yeah, he's a DJ. Yeah. <laughs> what, I was, was like, saying, I know Elton John. Yeah, he's trying to claim he knew Elton yeah. John. Uh, just, it's funny stuff, but I gave it a 3.5 out of 5, so I did like it a lot. Uh, it has some pacing issues, but I'm not going to hold those yeah, too, too hard against it. I recommend it after a while, because my initial was like 2.5 mm-hmm. out of 5, man. But going back, it's definitely yeah. like 4 out of 5. Yeah, I'll probably, I'll definitely probably rewatch it at some point. I'll buy it on Blu-ray when it comes out. Um, okay, so next up, this movie I did not like at all. Let's hear it. Uh, it's called Mommy. It's from 1995. Okay. Uh, Amazon said it was from 2020. It's got uh, Patty. <laughs> it's got Patty McCormick on it. How do they have a 25 year gap on there? I have no fucking clue. Maybe it's like that releasing of it was from 2020. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like I think it was like a straight to video movie in the 90s. It's got Patty McCormick from The Bad Seed. Um, Brinky Stevens is in it, but in a very small role. And, um, God, what's the guy's name that plays the young priest in The Exorcist? I couldn't tell you his name. Um, he's he's Father Dante, right? That's his name? Uh, yeah, so he's in that movie. Also, he plays, like, a detective. Okay, so this movie is basically if Lifetime made Serial Mom instead of John Waters. So it's, it's just, it takes all the fun out of this super fun premise. So you got a mom that's killing people who are, like... Uh, rude to her daughter or like kind of uh, threaten her peace in the world or whatever and like super mom uh, to the max for sure Uh, but it doesn't have the funny quips or uh, it it doesn't even have it doesn't even have any good on-screen kills the best on-screen kill is a, a shooting kill and it's just like this is what we get we get a gun kill as our on screen kill and yeah, you know, it's it, it was no uh, suspense or anything in the film. You know, good dialogue at least. Though. No, nothing. Wow. A complete, uh, almost a complete flop on every level. Uh, so was it a blatant ripoff of Serial Mom? Did it come out after mm, Serial Mom's okay, early 90s, Okay, okay. Right? So Serial Mom, I think, came out in '94. Okay, that's around like. So it's possible that they that they saw Serial Mom and were like. Wanting to make an exploitation yeah, version, maybe one of those, you know how Anchor Bay always has, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You know, snakes on a plane hit theaters, but you could go to Walmart right now and buy snakes on a train, yeah, for yeah, for five bucks. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I <laughs> want to. I feel maybe? like that might be the case. Yeah, serial moms in theaters, but, but at the but at the same time, um, I don't know. It right, might just right. be a coincidence. <laughs> I should have known something was fucked up when I when it started, and the like title, the the opening credits was in Ariel. Or no, not Ariel, uh, Comic Sans yeah, font. Yeah. <laughs> I should have just cut it off then. <laughs> but no, you've told me before that you do not tap out when it comes to movies. No, not unless I have to. Like, if I have to stop watching it... Because of something. Like yeah, because, like, I yeah. gotta leave yeah, or... 
But if you don't uh, like a movie, you don't tap out. No, I, I will watch it till the end because <laughs> there is a chance yeah, that it'll. Than I do, my there's friend. always a chance that it'll get better. I've watched movies and hated them until the very end. Right. So I, I always give it a chance, and I, I'm going to say I give this one one out of five. The, and that's just being nice. Like I just I don't want to because it's not as bad as Birdemic. I don't remember. I don't think I gave Birdemic a score. But if I did, it would be a zero. You keep referencing that as like your holy shit. It is the movies. fucking worst goddamn thing I've ever seen in my so life. So when you judge a movie on being bad now, do you rate it on a scale of like 10 to Birdemic? <laughs> I mean, you just all compare them. They're, they're yeah, yeah. The, the shittiness goes between Birdemic, which is an absolutely bad movie that the is... Troll 2. That is, <laughs> has no redeeming qualities yeah. to like... Troll Two, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and the room is the somewhere. The room is somewhere the in the middle. The room is your midpoint. Yeah, right. Because the, it's there's those two are still enjoyable. Yeah, for what they are. But Birdemic, <laughs> it's like they it's like they tried to make a, a funny, campy, bad movie like that's bad on purpose, but they failed at doing that. I really gotta see this so I can form my own opinion. Yeah, as you, much as you talk. About I mean, it. you don't have to watch it because <laughs> I kind of want to. But man. Uh, I give this one a one just because it does have. It does have some good little stars in it, like uh, the, the uh, Patty McCormick is actually a really good performance in it. That's about the only thing I could say to like uh, everybody else. Seems like they're phoning it in, even the preacher uh, from Exorcist, and he's a, not a bad he's actor. Just getting a paycheck. He's just you know <laughs> he was there for his day his day rate, and uh, I always love to see Brinky Stevens in things, but I like to see her a little more nude than she was in this movie. So. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that, okay, now we're getting somewhere. This movie didn't have enough titties for Ryan. It no, it didn't have any at all, and that was the worst thing about it. But I mean, then again, it's, the two main characters are a mom and their and her very young daughter, like yeah. six or seven. So, of course, probably not going to be too many boobs in it. Right, right. But yeah, I mean, it just wasn't. It didn't deliver on any on any aspect of what I was expecting. I wanted it to be funnier than it was. I wanted it to be more violent than it was. I wanted it to be just something besides. Uh, watered down lifetime version of Serial Mom. Yeah, what a bummer. And they've got a sequel that I'm probably going to watch, even though I didn't like the first one. Uh, you but, never know, man. Sometimes the sequels are better. Yeah, I mean, sometimes, but we're going to see. Um, and then I watched Until the Light Takes Us, a documentary about Norwegian black metal. Okay. Uh, been kind of on this whole, like, wanting to know more about black metal thing lately. Um... Especially that scene, because there's a lot of weird, controversial things that happened in that scene. Murders, suicides, church burnings. Mm. Uh, it's all very interesting. Um, a lot of weird, um, mentally unstable human beings in that uh, I think you have to realm of things. Territory to make that type of music. No, not necessarily. Like... It's not a genre that you have... There's not a, there's not a single genre that you have to be like... A complete psychopath to uh, make all the, music. The shit I see from you have to be is extremely satanic. You, you, s- you, you sure you have to have like a level of disturbance to do any kind of art, right? In yeah, my opinion, yeah, true, but true. there's a there's a difference between you know I'm a individual that has problems and I do this art to uh, channel that, mm-hmm. and I do this art. To channel that, but I've also still am going to kill people yeah. and like burn churches down. I and just stuff. realized that Gaspar <clears throat> No Way has a lot of problems. 
Whoa, bro. <laughs> we, do, we could do a whole episode on that. Larry Clark. Larry head. Clark as well. Oh, God, yeah. Larry Clark. Um, and fucking throw Harmony Corinne pretty, pretty much any, <laughs> Pretty much any art filmmaker definitely yeah, has something going true. on with them. Uh, but I gave I gave Until the Light Takes Us a 3.5 out of 5. I definitely thought it was uh, one of the more well-made documentaries it's that I've watched on Black Metal in general? Black Metal in Norway. Covering a lot the, of that, 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 that Norwegian scene. Like Demu Borgir. Um, they, I, I don't think they mentioned Demu Borgir because this yeah. might be. No, they're super satanic. I'm pretty sure they ju- they talk about like the bands around that original scene. Yeah, so yeah. like uh, Dark Throne, May- Mayhem, Burzum. Right um, the guys from uh, Immortal are in it, and like I think they talk about Immortal briefly, but it's mostly focused around Mayhem and Dark Throne, and those uh, and Bursum. It has a lot of interviews with uh, Varg Vikernes and um, the the drummer for Dark Throne. The he's like the other poster boy for black metal right, outside right. of that Venom. I mean uh, Mayhem uh, group. But yeah, that's what I got for the what you watching this week. Um, uh, very interesting watch that that uh, until the light takes us was. Wait, didn't you say you watched some crazy Jesus movie at your grandma's or something? Oh yeah, yeah, I did watch that, but I don't know the title, so I <laughs> I don't feel like right giving it a review. Right, well, right. I guess I could, uh, but people won't know what I'm talking right, about. It's enough so. for you to make a Facebook status about it. You know, okay, so. so this movie is so fucking it's, it's so <laughs> b- bad and bizarre. This one I might actually would give a zero also. Wow! Wow! So okay. It's definitely on the bird demic end of bad. Well, I'm kind of confused on what it is. What is okay. It a documentary. No, 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 no. It's a film. It's like a, a like a picture. yeah. It's a, a narrative. It has yeah. like, it's one of those propaganda movies like mm-hmm. where they put like, uh, people getting their faith right with the Lord and everything and like, uh, the one of the main characters her whole arc is that she gives up a record contract, um. Because she doesn't think it's serving the Lord, and it'll be uh, encouraging people to idolize her and create a false idol of herself, and okay, all this. So they're trying to like teach you that message right there that you should not idolize. They're they're <laughs> trying to they're trying to teach your they're trying to teach you not to follow your dreams, but instead follow to the Lord's to serve the Lord. <laughs> and uh, this is making a great double feature for that black metal documentary. Super fucking super bad acting. <laughs> Uh, terrible ham-fisted writing. Yeah. I mean, the writing could not have been worse. Like, oh, let me ask you this: Did it have a black woman with curly hair in it? No. Okay, because there's one Christian no, no, company no. that makes a lot of these movies that are like Christian narrative films. Yeah, and it always has her in it. That one. Actress. I'm gonna be real with you. I don't think there was a black person in the whole movie. Wow. Well, yeah. There's this very one Christian white. company that are very. They do uh, Fireproof was one of their movies. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them is actually. I, and I'll admit it right here on the podcast. Write it down in history. It's called I Can Only Imagine. It was a Christian movie. Oh, I've seen that one. Dude, good fucking movie, man. It's been a long <laughs> ass time, but <laughs> I've seen it. Out, you know, three years ago. Two, three oh, years well, ago. no, no, I haven't seen it then. Yeah, it's about Mercy Me. You know, the band Mercy Yeah, yeah, Me. I know Mercy Me. I Can Only Imagine. Yeah, I know those. So it's, uh, it's basically a narrative story about basically the band and mainly the yeah. lead singer. It's a Christian film story about him and his dad, but the dad's like, can't remember his name. He's in a bunch of stuff. And yeah, maybe I only saw it because a church rented out the theater to show it to their yeah. church, and I sat there and watched it. It was actually pretty good. Now, surprised, but the movie you're describing, yeah, it sounds no. like it's pretty terrible. 
No, no, no. It was if Lifetime stopped trying to make good movies. <laughs> like, Lifetime doesn't make good movies, but they try. No, but there's like, one they, about that chick giving birth in the Walmart, man. Everybody's seen that That's one. not... No, no, no. That's not a Lifetime movie, <laughs> no, dude. No, they just show That's a Lifetime. real movie. Oh, yeah, that's wow. a real movie. Okay, that's Because uh, fucking Natalie Portman's in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That was a Lifetime movie. No, it's a, it's a real, legit... It had a theatrical release. Wow, I'm pretty dude, sure. I yeah. no idea. Um, it's based on a true story, man. Yeah, yeah. Real yeah, shit, right. real shit. I love that movie, but, um, that's beside the point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we can do a Lifetime episode. <laughs> this, oh, yeah, dude. Like, I was telling you, we gotta do a Hallmark episode for Christmas. Yeah, let's we'll watch, like, the yeah. best. The we'll best. watch, we'll watch three Hallmark Christmas movies. No, I don't want to do three. No, yeah, dude. No, just one. Yeah, three. Just one. We gotta we'll watch. We're gonna watch. We'll talk about it. <laughs> We're gonna be watching a lot of shitty movies at Christmas time because okay, maybe one a week. We have to watch uh, Krampus. Anything with Krampus on it that I haven't already seen, we're gonna watch. Okay. Because uh, there's some pretty yeah, shitty Krampus some movies. Fucked out up there. Krampus movies there's out some, there. There's some bad ones. Too. I've watched a few of them already. So there's like a lot of foreign ones. Uh yeah, but we're definitely and there uh bikini uh bloodbath Christmas is another one that I'm gonna watch around Christmas bikini time. At Christmas. Hey man, people in California celebrate Christmas too. It's like eighty degrees over there in Christmas time. <laughs> Arizona, that's the high, that's the lowest it gets is eighty degrees. Wow, that's it's like awesome. it's like hundred and fifty degrees there right now probably. Okay, well that's not awesome. That sucks. Yeah, yeah. it's the fucking worst. I've seen pictures of people like pulling change out of their pockets and showing like. Where they have scars, where they got burnt from the change what? in their pockets. Yeah, that's wild. Insane, man. insanity. Just because of the heat outside. It's so hot. It's so goddamn <laughs> hot out there. Shit. I could not live in Arizona. It's a horror movie in itself, man. Um. So yeah, we fucking watched creepy critter movies, creepy, creepy crawly, crawly movies, man. Some in- insects. And they're so effective, man. They really are. People are naturally terrified of bugs, critters, and wildlife in general, man. People will see what's basically a household cockroach and freak the fuck out. They say, "What's that? Oh my god!" Jump on the table, man. Uh, I oh, have man. a friend who's definitely afraid of mice. Like if, he, if a mouse is anywhere near him, dude, he mm-hmm. will jump up onto whatever counter is right there with his dirty shoes on and everything. Oof. So it's effective, man. You watch a horror movie about bugs, it's gonna mess with you somehow. Just seeing that stuff on screen is gonna make you squirm. All right, true story. You know my friend Cassie, right? Oh, yeah. from Columbia. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so they used to stay in this, like, um, big-ass apartment complex. Like, right, huge right. apartment complex. Um, and uh, one day, I was just chilling over there with her and her roommates, and, like, this cockroach. Like, it wasn't even, like, a huge cockroach. It was probably about... Uh, like a water bug? It was, it was average-sized cockroach. It, mm-hmm. it was probably about maybe an inch, inch and a half long. Uh, it comes crawling across like the the panel at, at the top of the ceiling, um, like like you know when like between the rooms, you right, know what right. I mean? So like where the door meets the ceiling, um, and they were all freaking out. What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? I got up, I grabbed a paper towel, and I just killed it and threw it in the trash. Yeah, and they were like, "Oh my god, I'm Thanks so glad you were here because none of us were gonna do that." <laughs> And I was like, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. Like, just kill them. They're just so, people are so afraid of bugs. Just man. get up and grab it and throw it away. Mm-hmm. That's all it takes. I mean, they freak me out, too, you know? But oh, yeah, I'm not, man. I'm yeah, yeah. I'm not going to. And, and, and there's certain bugs I will not fuck with. Yeah. If I see something that's got all kinds of crazy legs and it looks like it might fucking bite the shit out of me, 
I'm not going to fuck exactly. with it. But if it's a cockroach, I know, I know cockroaches aren't going <laughs> to bite me, most likely. Right. I know most a fucking... I know, I know that when I kill an ant, I'm going to get it before it gets me. Yeah. Um, he's got his buddies. I don't fuck with wasps. I don't fuck with bees because no, I just I let those wasp. motherfuckers I let them get on if they don't if they want to fuck with me like if they if they land on me it's fair game I'm gonna bust them right but I'm not I'm gonna, gonna I'm not gonna let them sting <laughs> me I can't let them get close to me but if they're just flying around I'm not gonna fuck with them yeah. you know what I mean but that's we're getting off we're getting crazy uh, so that's what an effective horror movie does you know <laughs> an effective horror movie freeze on your actual fears. <clears throat> yes, man. People freak the fuck out so about bugs. So, what's one of the biggest fears of all time, besides bugs? Spiders. Arachnophobia. People fucking hate spiders. So, today we started off with Eight-Legged Freaks, uh, directed by Ellery LKM. Uh, starring my boy, Dean David. Devlin, and starring David Arquette. David Arquette. And my, a my super boy. young Scarlett Johansson, who had to be like no older than 17 years old in this movie. Well, 17, 18. I want to say this was this was after Home Alone 3, right? Because she was in Home Alone 3, yeah, too. Yeah, this is 2002. Yeah. And I think Home Alone 3 was 98. Yeah, I mean, I can check yeah, it. Yeah, check it. You're going to fact check on that real quick. Home Alone 3, 1997. She was in Home Alone 3, right? Yeah, 97. Yeah. So she came, that was in 97, so she was even younger then. Yeah. That's fucking crazy, man. How long she's been in movies. Yeah, super young Scarlett Johansson. Uh, Ryan had actually never seen Eight-Legged Freaks today. Never. So first time watch for him. What'd you think about her? I was bummed out that the scene from the commercial where uh, David Arquette goes, get away from me, you eight-legged freaks, isn't actually in the movie. Yeah, it is. Is it? Did I miss it? Yes, you did. He's Damn. standing on top of the uh, roof, and he's on top of what is like a cell phone tower type thing on top of the mall, and he's gunning down. How'd I miss the, that? I mean, I'll pause the podcast right now and go watch it. We can come back and. You can no, no, I believe you. <laughs> I believe you. I believe it was there. I just don't know. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. In there. Uh, iconic line. Hate you missed it. It's okay. <laughs> I'll live. I'll uh, live. This movie actually made fifteen million at the box office. It was made on a budget of thirty. Made forty five in the box, so hell yeah, you know, for a a horror monster action comedy movie to do well at the box office, not extremely well, but make over budget. What did you say was the budget again? Uh, thirty, and they made thirty forty five. They made forty five. They made they made fifteen million on this picture. Not too so, bad. Not too bad. I mean, it's terrible compared to uh, a high grossing film, but for a movie about giant fucking spiders starring David Arquette. To be able to make fifteen million dollars at the box office—that's awesome. And I mean, that's but that's still a loss to the studio, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah In their yeah. eyes, it's still a loss. Even went and saw this movie, and now it's you know, it is a cult classic. I wish I knew the numbers on. I wish you could find the numbers on like video sales too and stuff like that. Like, yeah, yeah. how much they made off of DVD and, VH, and, well, and licensing. VHS, yeah, VHS. Yeah. yeah. I'm not um, sure if this is on Blu-ray. I had a VHS myself. I don't think it is on Blu-ray, but it, sh- it should for sure be on DVD. Yeah, definitely on DVD. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I-, I thought it was a pretty fun movie. I mean, overall, like, you got the little kid, um, the-, the brother in the movie, he went on to do some crazy stuff in, in this world. His name is Mike. Yeah, Mike. He's going to... Um, he has these visits with a spider doctor. Yeah, the fucking Ripper from Last Action Hero is uh-huh. the guy who plays the spider mm-hmm. doctor, uh, which was a cool little cameo. He doesn't make it long. Nope. He has a uh, basically a whole-ass spider zoo 
located down in Spider Farm. What's what's the guy's what's the uh the radio guy's name? His the actor's name. Uh it's Rippy. I think it's Rippy. Uh Leon Rippy. What else is he in? Because I thought he looked familiar. Um, ooh, Leon Rippy was born in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Represent. That's, not him. That's definitely not him. That's either. not him. No. Um, no. But whoever Leon Rippy is in this movie, <laughs> <born in> Rock <laughs> Hill, South Carolina. Uh, it says Wade. Who was Wade in the film? Uh, Wade was the guy, like the the mayor dude or whatever. Okay. Yeah. All right. Do you remember what is? Uh, was it Leon? Was that the radio host name? Maybe. I can't remember for some reason. I don't know. I don't know. Leon, maybe, possibly. Type in radio guy <laughs> from Eight Legged Freaks. I'm skimming over the synopsis of the film right now. Harlan. Harlan, is that yeah, his name? Dougie Doug is his name. Dougie, Dougie Doug. Doug. What else is uh, Dougie Doug in? He was in Cool Runnings. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Uh, he's on Cosby. Yeah, I thought that. Yeah, that's where I recognized him from. And was he's the Cosby Show. Bernie in Shark Tale. Is he also in A Different World? Is he one of the carryover characters for is a that different a TV show? Or yeah, A Different World is a TV show. It's it's like no, a, it's no, a uh, it's a spinoff of the Cosby Show. <laughs> no, but he was in ninety three episodes of Cosby. Hell yeah! That's Do they tight. show that on TV anymore? Cosby, no. Yeah. Cosby Show, no, definitely uh, not. I wouldn't imagine uh, because he's not a good guy. Nope. Bill Cosby's bad guy. Now <laughs> <Bill Cosby. laughs> uh, he's like, he's like, you know, not a good guy right. anymore. We used to think he was a good guy, but then we learned he wasn't, and now he's not a good guy anymore. <laughs> so we're not Bill Cosby supporters. No. Yet. But uh, Dougie Doug will give you a pass. Yeah, we love Dougie Doug. <laughs> you were awesome in Eight-Legged Freaks. Yes. Uh, Dude. So this movie kind of breaks the typical spider uh, invasion movie. You know, uh, Ryan, you said you've never seen uh, the classic Arachnophobia starring Jeff Daniels, which is uh, a movie that fucking terrified me when I was younger. Uh, it terrified me of spiders, and that's where my arachnophobia comes from. But that movie is an actual real spider fear, spider fear film. You know, yeah, actual yeah, spiders yeah. in the house. This movie takes it up about 20 fucking notches because we have spiders that are mutated by toxic waste. Yeah, bro. Which is pretty fucking cool, man. Like, Toxy spiders. Uh, they keep it realistic enough for it to make sense, but it's also off the wall, like how big they get, and they're in this mine shaft, and how many of oh, them yeah. there are, you know? They and start out as human size, and then they become the size of fucking buildings. And it's allegedly scientifically accurate. And I don't like that. <laughs> and I do not like that. Not um, unless David Arquette's there to save the fucking day. Spin-off movie. Eight-legged freaks versus the Toxic Avenger. Let's don't think Toxic's in the chance there, but Let's write the script. Let's uh, do it. The Toxic's dead on the first page. <laughs> nah, man. Nah, nothing could kill Toxie. No, you'd have to do like a, a trauma universe versus uh, Eight-legged freaks. Eight like Toxie and Sergeant Kabuki, man teaming up and taking out some spiders with David Arquette showing up. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I feel it. Now that's a fun script. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but um, one mop versus a million spiders? He can do it. I got faith in Toxie. I don't like so. your lack of your lack of faith in the in Toxic <laughs> Avenger disturbed me. I think Noxie could do it. You think Noxie could do it? Noxie could take it. <laughs> But, uh, all right, so Eight-Legged Freaks, uh, I definitely say it's one of the 
better spider films that I've seen. There's some pretty fucking bad mm-hmm. ones out there. There's one in sci-fi I've seen about spiders on a boat. Pretty terrible. But we've got an awesome performance by David Arquette, especially if you're a fan of Scream or anything that you've seen David Arquette in. You're going to love him in this movie. He kind of cuts loose a little bit. You know, has a good time. Yeah, he gets to be like a leading man in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Which is weird because he's never really a leading man in anything. He's the hero in this yeah, movie. Yeah, he's like, he's always the kind of side guy who who helps the main characters mm-hmm. out. He's never really, he never really gets to shine as the main guy. And then this movie he does and he's actually really fucking good at it. So. And he never shined again. <laughs> Not once. Until he, until he got stabbed in the neck by Nick Gage and then everybody was like, hell oh, yeah, this is wild. <laughs> Now minutes. he's now he's got a sick ass documentary that's supposed to come out sometime soon, hopefully. Right on. It was supposed to debut at South by Southwest, but because yeah, yeah, yeah. it got canceled, they're I guess I don't know what the fuck they're doing with it right, right now. Right. We'll yeah, I'm hoping for it to come out somewhere soon. Somewhere soon, I want to watch it real bad. And I do feel we have an homage to Dawn of the Dead in this film. Uh, the final chapter of the movie takes place in a mall. All the uh, the entire town yeah. comes to take refuge in the mall. And they all have their homemade weapons and, and their pitchforks and their swords and their crossbows. And the only people in the town that have guns are like the two cops yeah. that are in the town and uh, the security guard in the mall. They have Lee Harvey Oswald's gun. Yeah. yeah. How the fuck did this random ass town in Arizona end up with Lee Harvey Oswald's gun? It's such a fun little, uh, like, Note too. Yeah, throw in the movie like it yeah. wasn't necessary at all. He, the, didn't drive the plot. The cop literally says Oswald's gun, and then whenever they're unloading the weapons, the radio guy, uh, Dougie Doug's character, goes, "Fucking Oswald's gun." Mm-hmm. It's like a fucking sign or some shit. I don't know. He's he's because he's a conspiracy theory yeah, guy. He so. is the whole time is just saying the aliens are here because in the beginning of the film, in the first act, we have lots of pets disappearing. Lots of yeah. Uh, Things going missing, you know, and he's on the radio saying it's the damn aliens. They finally come, and even when the he sees that there are spiders here, giant spiders, he believes that they're alien spiders. Yes, yes. <laughs> and uh, honestly, that's more believable than toxic waste transforming. I'm right, saying, right. honestly, right, uh, for the viewer or for their situation, for the situation. Yeah, right. like if somebody told me toxic waste turned a spider into a big giant spider, yeah, yeah. I'd be like, sure, it did. Where the fuck is Toxic well, Waste that just, even? That just shows how much we believe in things from outer space. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, we're so likely to believe if somebody were to tell you something that's from outer space, you're like, oh shit, because you want it to be from outer space. You know, we don't know what's from out there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I like I, I, I am more partial to physical monsters, uh, but I get it for for practicality's sake, in this movie, you had to use CGI. Like, yeah, they can go there was, out some giant spiders. There was no way they could make like a million uh, animatronic spiders for this movie. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and they all looked pretty good for the time period. Like, for this movie to come out, what two thousand two? You said two thousand two. Yeah, for this movie to come out in two thousand two, the digital effects are fucking great. They're they're amazing. Um, well, it is a, you know, $30 million budget, Warner Brothers, yeah, yeah. It's a Warner Brothers picture. Yeah, all, you can do a lot with $30 million in a computer, I can, I can tell you that. Uh, I, I give, I give Eight-Legged Freaks a 3.5 out of 5. Okay. So. I give it a solid 4 out of 5. You're going to go with the 4? It's, it's a fun yeah. time. It's a fun <clears throat> movie, dude. It doesn't have any boring moments. There's no Yeah, it really doesn't. It's like, okay, get to, get to the point. It's got a great pace to it. It's got some fun characters, and it's it's always going to be a good time. True, true. Um, so yeah, 
that's Eight Legged Freaks. And then next up, we watched Ticks. Ticks with Seth Green, little baby Seth Green, man. And Ticks was a 1991 film. Was it 91? Uh, nope. Don't quote me on that. I think it's 93, it's right? Going up the page. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a little. It's early 90s. Yeah, I think it's 93. Um, it's somewhere in that range. Uh, it 93, does, 93. Yeah, it does have Seth Green. He's like not 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 fresh off of it, but not too far removed from yeah, it. Two years later, uh, he's got a moppy little haircut and glasses, and he plays like this kid with like an anxiety disorder or something. And this is a direct-to-video film. Yeah, put straight on to VHS at the time. I'm gonna go ahead and say it though. I don't like early '90s or mid '90s. Uh, straight-to-video movies as much as I like 80s straight-to-video movies. Yeah, different time, man. Different yeah. time. They were trying different things. But I will say that Ticks feels like a Friday the 13th film. It feels like we're with kids that are at a summer camp that are being terrorized by something. Yeah, it, it does. And it just... I don't know. Something about it is just missing that... Uh, it's, it's cheesy and it's, like, campy, but it's not, like... Take itself a little too seriously. Yeah, it yeah. It's it's like they were they were almost in a good movie. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, so just run it down for you real quick. Uh, Ticks is a movie about a group of inner troubled inner city kids that go on a basically a mission trip with two adults. Yes. To the woods, and from there they get attacked and tor- ter- tortured, basically by a giant. Ticks that have yep. been mutated ticks, steroids by none other than our ice cream man, Clint Howard, uh-huh. who is uh, injecting his marijuana plants with steroids and also uh, affecting the ticks. Yeah, beneath, beneath his knowledge. And I, I think we have some great body horror in the film. Uh, the special effects in this film, for it to be a direct video movie. We're really good. They're yeah, awesome. no, Everything's I love practical. I love the creature, uh, uh, the, the, the ticks themselves. At the end, we get a giant tick that comes out of none other than one of the co-starring actors in this film, Alfonso Ribeiro, aka Carlton from the fucking Fresh Prince, <laughs> who gets to play a street thug in this movie. Yeah, yeah, not the not the normal Carlton role. No, I was not, not that sweet Carlton. Not looking, not not very, uh, not a big fan of him not playing Carlton. He kind of looks like a like a uh, Wesley Snipes in this movie, man. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. he has that <laughs> get that dress. That has that look to him? Yeah. yeah. That's what they kind of dressed him up as. Uh, but he just, I, in my opinion, he doesn't play a convincing tough no. guy. But we do get to see a great scene of him get split in half by a giant tick yes. falling out of his body. Yes. Which looked fucking awesome, man. For this to be a, uh, here it is, a budget of $1 million. Oof. And direct video. The special effects are great. Oof. Really good. Was it shot on film or video? Can you, is it's that even on there? man. Of course it's going to be, uh. Video, dude. $1 million budget. No Could have been DV. No, no. That's what I'm saying. It's got to be video. Yeah. There's yeah. no way they're doing actual film. Well, you, you know what I mean. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, they're filming on videotapes. Yeah. There's no... Yeah. I'd be hard-pressed to know if they did that on film, man. Not with a million dollars. <laughs> Not with those effects. No. Like, if they had if they had those effects... Uh, yeah, with those effects, I don't see them filming on here. Right. Uh, the effects would have been way worse if they filmed on film. There are some pacing issues in the second act. Once we get to where we know what the problem is and 
the main characters are still kind of discovering it, you know, because yeah. you get a, like a 20 minute lull in the movie, I felt. When the third act picks back up, we get start getting some more horror involved, I think it ended out nicely. We spend too much time learning who these characters are. Yeah. Definitely. That's all I'm going to say. Like, if I'm watching a movie called Ticks about big giant mutated ticks, I don't care who these people are. Yeah. I just want to see them get fucking mutilated by ticks and fighting ticks. I don't want to care about them. I don't want to know them. I don't... I Maybe I'm alone in this. Some people like yeah, to know for, their characters. For every opinion that you have saying that, yeah. there's somebody out there that's saying, oh, I'm, I'm a troubled youth from the inner city. I relate to this. The only thing the character. only thing I want in a movie like this, this, this is straight to video, like, shitty, schlocky, uh, creature feature. Right. All I want is fucking likable characters. Make your creature the main character. I want a couple of likable characters, I want a couple of not likable characters, and I want the fucking creatures to be on full of force, yeah. full effect. Give me all that good shit. Give me this movie, but from the point of view of the ticks. Basically, yeah, basically. That would be cool. Give me, actually give me Friday the 13th, you know? With ticks. With ticks, yeah. instead of Jason. Yeah. Um, I, think that's the, I think that's the biggest thing this movie was missing, is that it just was trying too hard to be plot-driven. You know what I mean? Yeah. For it to be a low-budget exploitation mm-hmm. movie, it just it didn't really work for me. I, I I I liked it, but I didn't love it. We get a super fun performance from Clint Howard, though. You know, as always. Oh it's yeah. Super enjoyable to see him on screen. Anytime Clint Howard pops up on screen, I'm giving you a point five extra just because you got Clint Howard in your movie. And we get his dad as well as a oh yeah, we got Rance Howard, we got um. We got Alfonso, we got Seth Green, we got a good little cast going on here. Uh, just not too much in the way of like actual uh, writing, I feel like. Right, right. Maybe if it was better written, then I would have enjoyed getting to know all these inner city kids, these troubled inner city kids. <laughs> they weren't, I don't, I, I mean. There's nothing it, interesting about them, really, no, man. Yeah, just didn't interest me. They just too had much. their problems. They didn't have plot for the film. Yeah, they had exactly. personal exposition. Yeah, and that's what we spent a lot of time with. Uh, so I gave it a two point five out of five. Um, yeah, I'd be right around there with it too. It's a perfectly okay movie. It's on Prime. If you got nothing to do and an hour and a half to spend, check funny, it I'm out. I'm surprised that the that slugs and the nest were better than this film because I had higher expectation for ticks than I did for either slugs or the nest. I told you, man, the eighties. Yeah, yeah. They knew what they better. knew how to make an exploitation movie up until about ninety one. Yeah, ninety one is when I think they really kind of stopped making like the classic exploitation mm-hmm. movie. You know, just a lot of the creativity <clears throat> went away, man. You get that nineties industrial yeah. scene. Well, starring. you you picked it up. You pick, it picks back up in the late nineties though. Like you get some some better exploitation well, I mean, we get movies. A whole horror resurgence. In yeah, because yeah, because Scream just rebooted the whole genre. Yeah. Oh so. yeah. Uh, and then you got those, you got those scream knockoffs, and then you got the ones that were like wanting to be as far away from scream as they mm-hmm. possibly could. So, and then you got like those fucking artsy fartsy thriller movies too. Yeah, the others, like the skeleton key. Oh, that's a some of those are pretty good too, though. But, but then, you, then you get into like our more recent times where people are like making throwback exploitation movies where they're they're paying homi- the homage yeah they're paying homage to the 60s and 70s yeah, and 80s movies kid. which is fantastic in my opinion yeah this is what we need we need way more of that the final girls you know, excellent oh yeah, example. yeah. good excellent one example. um have you seen she kills 
No, uh, no, I have not. Oh, uh, we'll have to. I'll have to let you borrow it. Okay. Or we'll watch it together. We'll do an episode. Like, your, is yeah. there any others we can pair with? I'll, I'll figure something out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's it's fun. Nice, nice. Lots of fun. Uh, okay, yeah. So last but not least, we watched. Not least at all. Probably no, no. We watched one of the greatest movies of all time. It definitely in my top fifty list of favorite films. Definitely my favorite of the three we watched today. For sure. Up there as far as my favorite, like creepy crawly movie of all time, probably. Now, I, on rewatch today, I did think that this did kind of not fit our creepy crawly motive. Okay. It does to an extent, but I think this is way more of a body horror film. It does because they do manifest as wormy as characters, slugs. but they're not really worms. Mm, they're no. they are aliens, and like it. Well, they're an, an alien, mm-hmm. and uh, so yeah, this is more of a body horror alien invasion movie. But those things were creeping and crawling and it, we were due for a watch on this anyway. Oh yeah. It just, this movie just yeah. needed to be watched and talked about. Uh, I watched it for the first time either last year or the year before. It we're was, talking about Slither by the way. Directed oh, by yeah, James Gunn. Yeah. We hadn't dropped the title yet. Written and directed by James Gunn. Starring the one and only Nathan Fillion and the beautiful Elizabeth Banks and the terrifying Michael Rooker. God yes. Michael Rooker and He's just amazing. In this like, movie. give it up for him, you know. Henry Portrait. He is so him. good. He is such a such a great actor. Um, yeah, Henry Portrait of the Serial Killer is probably one of the scariest fucking movies ever. Oh, it's terrible. Just because of tone, it's not even all that violent. No, it's just it's so mental, grim. It's mentally scary. So grim. Um, but yeah, this movie is fucking crazy. You got an early on cameo from James Gunn at the schoolhouse. Um. Lots of blood and guts and viscera in this yeah, one. This is uh, James Gunn's directorial debut. He's done yeah. plenty of writing, plenty he, of yeah, he had trauma before he this. He had written um, Dawn of the Dead, the Dawn of the Dead remake before yeah. this. That was his big three break, years, his big three years prior out. to this. Yeah. That's 2003. And then uh, before that, of course, he did a lot of work for Trauma. Uh, most famously, Tromeo and Juliet. Yes. One of my favorite Trauma movies. Oh, yeah, it's a top tier Trauma for sure, uh, and this movie is is right on par with what you would expect from James Gunn. And this movie also, you could slap the Troma releasing label on this instead of Universal Pictures. Oh and yeah, it would be right at yeah. Home. It would be right take away a couple dollars from the budget too. But I mean, <laughs> you know, and this movie, unfortunately, our first film we talked about today, Eight Legged Freaks, mm-hmm. just four years came out four years before this movie yeah. killed the box office, made fourteen million. This movie had half the budget, fifteen million. Only managed to make twelve point eight at the wow. So Slither fucking locked hard. I want okay. So I want to say that it came out at the same time as something else. Like it was like it debuted the same weekend as another horror movie. Yeah, it was March thirty first, two thousand six. Was the release for Slither? I can't. I can't think of anything right now. But, right. Uh, I want to say it had some kind of circumstance like that where had they been debuting against other non-horror movies that they might have done better. It, it was my... Uh, I'm not sure. The critics all, uh, all say that it was due to the horror comedy aspect. Okay. People were wanting a full-on horror movie. So yeah. when it came out, the initial main big critic reviews were painting the movie for being you know, a horror comedy instead of a terrifying horror film. Mm. And people just weren't ready for that at the time. You know, Compared to two years later when we had the extremely successful Drag Me to Hell. 
by yeah. Sam Raimi. That yeah. Kind of reinvigorated the box office comedy. But art. people hated that movie though too. Yeah, but it was it made money. Yeah, it made money at the box office and it got great reviews. You know, people so, hate it, but people it's so fucking love it's it, so man. weird how how things like that work. You can watch, mm-hmm. you can see one movie that people critically enjoy, or or as far as fans go, they enjoy. But it did terrible at the box office. Yes, yeah. Which is Slither, exactly, because Slither is a fucking cult classic now. People yeah. absolutely love this movie. Uh, it had a redistribution by Shout Factory uh, two years ago on Blu-ray. That's like 30 fucking bucks to get a copy of it. And, and for good reason. It's an amazing movie. It is. It really is. It's a lot of fun. The dialogue um, is hilarious. It takes place in South Carolina. It does. And I, after, after finding that out, I was like, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, because these, uh, uh, the dad says, Pokemon. Yeah, they, <laughs> these people talk like people I know. Yeah. The dialogue is written yep. correctly. I, I want to. Where is James Gunn from originally? Uh, it's definitely not. He's not a he's not a New Yorker for sure though, because if he was a New Yorker, he wouldn't know how to write a Southern dialogue yeah, you're for shit. From Missouri. Yeah. Okay. See, that's I knew he was a Southern yeah. boy for sure. Uh, even though some people call Missouri like uh, it's technically the gateway to the Midwest, mm. but it's still South. Yeah. You know, it's 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 South. Uh, Missouri. So yeah, he he has some pretty he has really good Southern dialogue mm. going on. Uh, Cagney and I had a, a small discussion about whose Southern accent was more fake between uh, Jenna Fisher and uh, yeah and uh, Elizabeth Banks. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that Elizabeth Banks sounds worse. But we get and, a lot more of Elizabeth Banks than we did Jenna Fisher. Yeah, Fisher yeah that's scenes. true. Yeah, and that's James Gunn's wife. But I, I thought back. I thought Jenna's was actually pretty good. She laid it on thick and hard, though. I mean, Elizabeth Moss had that kind of yeah. uh, the plantation accent. You know? Yeah, I liked <laughs> I liked Jenna Fisher's better because yeah. I, I actually know people who talk like that in real life. I mean, anyway, it's just and, fun to know that these people are faking their accents. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> and picking at it. Uh, Nathan Nathan Fillion probably had the best one. He though. had a very convincing yeah. southern accent. He, he had the best in one. That role. Nathan Fillion absolutely kills any role he does, man. And that's why he has such a damn fandom to him, you know. People are obsessed with him, not just women, men Is, is that why, or is it just because he's fucking handsome? It's that, he's fun, beloved, he has charisma, and they just <clears throat> never got that big, big, big Hollywood breakthrough. But he's become, like, a, a science fiction fucking yeah. day, man. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we get a Lloyd Kaufman co- uh, cameo. We get a Toxic Avenger cameo as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, being watched on VHS. It's being watched by a woman in a trailer park. Yep. So this movie focuses on basically Michael Rooker as our main hive-mind yeah. alien. He initially, in the beginning of the film, gets the alien in him, and he takes a unsuspecting woman in town and makes her his hive. Yeah. Basically turns her into a big breeding farm for these aliens to where she... Turns into how would you describe her in the barn? Uh, she she's a big she's just a, a giant womb. At that yeah, point. if you like laid the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man on his stomach, yeah. this would be her. <laughs> and then she explodes, letting all these everywhere wormy creatures. See, out. And this is forty five minutes into the film when yeah. this happens. Thirty five forty minutes. So that's when our actually creepy crawlies come out and attack the town. Well, I don't know. Rooker's kind of creepy crawly at he this point, He is the too. creepy crawly, but that's uh, unsuspecting to the viewer that he's talking about the movie has not seen the poster with the, the, yeah, the yeah. Uh, crawlers on there. You would think the movie was just going to focus on his character. Because yeah. Michael Rooker turns into 
uh, imagine Kevin Smith's tusk, what Justin Long looks like. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Mars, and have that running around with your tentacles. town. With tentacles. killing people and eating Ugh. cows. <laughs> and so, uh, from there, uh, the, the alien slugs come out, and they turn everyone in town into zombies, basically. They walk yeah, they have hot people. Uh-huh, and they're yeah. eating things, eating animals, eating meat. They're, these guys, they just need meat. They come to the world to eat all the meat. And uh, we get a cool. You get a creepy crawly movie and a zombie movie. Like what? Two we get we one? get a couple of really cool shots with uh, the older daughter in the bathroom at that one dude's house at the the one family's house. Yeah, so uh, she has the one alien coming to the bathroom with her. Into yeah. The bath while she's laying there with her headphones. And, and we get the Freddy Krueger shot with uh-huh, the the with shot. the the crawly coming up between her legs mm-hmm. while she's sitting in the tub with her eyes closed. Um, and we get a really cool scene where it tries to enter her mouth. She bites down on it and she sees what the slug is seeing. And it yeah. shows us an alien race on an alien planet that's presumably dominated by these creatures. Great way to have us told the backstory without having somebody actually tell the backstory. Yeah, exactly. It's the um, only context we get on them. Really. She is the only person that's able to actually get it out of their mouth like that. Like, once it gets in the mouth, usually it's over with. She got it in the mouth, but she was able to pull it out. She kills it with a fucking curling sure. iron. Yeah. yeah. Or a curling iron, yeah. Which is the, my second favorite curling iron attack in a movie. Sleepaway Camp. Oh. Okay. Curling iron to the giant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First one. You'll never beat that. Never beat it. Unless you do it again, but, like, more graphic. Right. Yeah, but that can't happen. That'll never happen. <laughs> They'll never do that, that cooch, that uh, curling yeah, iron to the cooch. cooch. Never. Never. They'll never do it more graphically than in, Dude, in that's Sleepaway Camp. That's one of those black metal bands you've been listening to, man. No, no. Black metal bands are, they're, they're more... Curling uh, iron to the cooch. No, you're thinking, like, porno grind. Black metal's more uh, literal. with the, They're more like a... Like, writing a poem yeah. with their with their lyrics you know it's more poetic than that okay um yeah so we get this cool we get the cool little shots in the uh bathroom she breaks out and is like running around her family's getting fucking taken over by these goddamn aliens oh, yeah, her whole family turns into slugs slug zombies real quick and she gets like surrounded by them in the truck mm-hmm. tries to escape and nathan fillion shows up and saves the day we get uh a lot of trying to figure out what the hell we're going to do to kill these aliens. Yeah. They finally figure out that uh, if they kill Michael Rooker's character, that he will end it all. It'll yeah, all be done. Because he is the... the he's like the uh, head vampire in Lost He's the Wars. hive mind. Yeah, he's, he's the hive uh, mind. He controls all of these slug creatures. <clears throat> and these slug zombies are immediately navigating towards him and fusing with his body and becoming one large... Yeah giant creature and michael rooker uh somehow has held on to one small shred of humanity and is still in love with his wife yeah he wants to win over his wife's affection i loved i loved that part of that character is that they did they did keep a little bit of his humanity intact yeah um you wanted to rule the world with her and it it let it let it gave you a lot of vulnerability and uh get some good scenes with uh elizabeth makes tricking him into like Getting in some offense, uh, they figure out quick that if one of them sees them, they all know where they where they're at. So like once they kill some one of the alien people, then you know others are coming toward them, coming at them. Uh, we have this big huge showdown between the gigantic mass of uh, Michael Rooker's monster 
at the house. Oh man, it's an insane it's little. Fun. It's, it's an insane end. man versus creature showdown. Yeah. Uh, speaking of practical effects, some of the practical effects in this movie. This is one that uses like practical and digital. Yeah, he uh, his whole monster was a mix of <clears throat> yeah, CGI yeah. and practical, but it looked like all of his tentacles. Were all yeah, CGI, it it all looked so good. good. It yeah. all looked so perfect, and just the way that uh, they finally blow him up in the end is just beautiful. It's super fun. They end up attaching one of the tentacles beautiful. to a propane tank, and then filling his ass up. And yeah, boom yeah. goes the goddamn dynamite. The explosion didn't look so great, but. Uh, <laughs> You know, <laughs> of all the things in this movie, not gonna nitpick yeah. it. Not gonna nitpick it on that. Uh, overall, this movie is fantastic. I gave it a four point five out of five. No, Slither is a solid five stars for me, my friend. For sure, because just solely because I've been watching it since I was in middle school. <clears throat> yeah, I've got some great movies. It's it's still a new movie to me, so I'm like, when was the first time you saw it? The first time I saw it was a couple years ago. Oh, wow, okay. Maybe even, not even a year. See, I remember I would, like, stay home from school, yeah. go to my sister's house, because she was cool with me skipping school, and, like, this it, is, like, the best DVD she had. It may have it may have been one of my 31 days of Halloween last year, actually. Okay, right on, right on. But I'm not 100% sure, yeah. so I, I would have to check and see, but uh, it's been recent yeah. that, I've, that, I've found, that I've watched it for the first time. And this movie could actually scare some. You know, like there's oh, yeah. Some, like yeah, some it's kids, got some legit scary a points. 10-year-old, 11-year-old, 12-year-old kid, or just a, maybe an early 20 or early 30s person that's, like, scared easily. Yeah. <laughs> this movie could could possibly get you. Uh, I wish I had known about this movie when my cousins were still young, because I would have definitely traumatized See, them See, this is it. one you could show to your cousins if they come yeah. over, and they would, they would probably uh, get a kick out of this movie. Yeah. Uh, the youngest one actually watched Hatchet with us when she was, like, Six, I think. Well, that's a very inappropriate movie. For her. She's, gonna watch. <laughs> She's gonna grow up and join so, the Beavers, Ryan. Um, you know, messed up. <laughs> you done goofed. Obviously, but yeah, uh, that was a lot of fun today watching all these creepy crawly movies. Dude, I have such an affinity for bug movies, man. Like I started said at the beginning of the episode, it's a real human fear. Yeah. So exploit the hell of it, hell out of it. Give me some giant ants. Giant slugs, giant roaches, mutated spiders. I'll take it all, man. I'll yeah, always watch yeah. a good creature, creepy crawly creature. Man. That and like rabid animals, like give you a good Cujo or yeah, yeah. Uh, man's best friend. I mean, we just stuff got like a new that. idea for an episode. Go ahead and write it down. Maybe one day. No, <laughs> what? Why do you say that? I don't know. I just I like to be ominous. Oh, maybe one day. <laughs> Stay tuned next week. Well, <laughs> since since the Conjuring is getting pushed, probably again, then we'll have to. We might have to delay. Our we might have to universe. delay the Conjuring universe. It's going to take a full three weeks to get through. Uh, I think it was just two weeks for the Conjuring. Maybe three. Yeah, it should know. be three. Because we were going to watch, um, I think the Nun and Annabelle Creation together, and I think we we're going to watch La Llorona. And we're watching them in chronological order. Yeah. So I don't know. However it lined up is how we were going to do it, but... We will see. Yeah, we'll see. They still haven't officially moved it yet. It's still yeah. just talked right now, so we will see. Uh, I think that the reason that they want to move it is not even because of COVID-19. I think they just don't want to compete with Candyman. True. Oh, yeah. Because they were supposed to come out around the same time. Yeah, most so. Candyman was scheduled for... Was supposed to already yeah, be yeah. Now, yeah. Candyman would have been out by now, right. but... Which um, we will be doing the Candyman three films as well for an episode whenever yes. that new Candyman finally yes. decides to drop. Because fingers crossed that doesn't get delayed. Yes, they have not delayed it as of yet again. So we're 
Optimistic for that. Optimistic for Candyman. And stealing the fear of bees. And I I will wear a mask. I you will wear a mask. In the movie? There should be. I hope so. There has to be. You gotta wear a mask around Rockona. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, they're getting, they're getting they're mandating it. That's a good thing though. I don't. Oh, yeah. I don't like it's wearing. I'm not gonna lie. I, I don't like wearing a mask. I personally, it personally does restrict my breathing a little bit. But, but he like, still does it. It's for the greater good of humanity. It's it's something that should have been done in March when all this went yeah. down. Yeah. It should have been really uh, an immediate mandate. They should have stopped. They didn't fucking have to. And they they went and they made all these fucking businesses that weren't essential essential businesses, mm-hmm. which is another thing they fucked up on. Because in no way, shape, or form is pizza delivery an essential job. <laughs> Anyways, guys, we're just mad because we're not getting to see our fucking movies that we wanted to watch. Yeah. But uh, we're not going to get it, take that out here. We're here for us all to have a good time and watch good <laughs> movies together. So fuck all that shit. If you're out in public, wear a mask. Be safe. Um, yes. Final thoughts on bug movies, around? Creepy crawlies in general? Hell yeah. I mean, it's not my favorite subgenre, but... Uh, it's one of the better ones out there. It's definitely one that exists, and at, it's very at fun. At this point, I will take the creepy crawlies over the zombies. Whoa, yeah. 100%. 100%. Ask me that Fuck when a I zombie was in movie. sixth grade, seventh grade, I would say you don't. I'm not going to lie to you, though. Like, I, I say fuck zombies, and I say that I'm over zombies, but every time a one comes out that seems like it has some kind of new twist, twist. on it... I'm like, fuck. We've reinvented the zombie wheel. Like, Again. Like Bong of the Living Dead. Like, that movie's a, it's it's a zombie fun, movie. But, but the movie's not about the zombies. They, so yeah, yeah. It. They it's kind of. a zombie movie. Yeah, they it turn really it on its head. It's during the zombie apocalypse, but it focuses on our characters and their story. Yeah. And uh, Night of the Living Dead was another good fresh Don't zombie. Think I've seen that. That one's a good one, and then Anna and the Apocalypse really kind of. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of cool ones out here. Yeah. Life After Bath, Warm Bodies. Dude. Anna and the Apocalypse is like a fucking musical. Okay. It's right a on. Christmas musical zombie movie. Right on. So, yeah, it's fucking insane. I love Christmas. I love Christmas. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of... Uh, that. Yeah, but between found footage and zombie movies, they could never make another one and I'd be happy. Right, right. You know, but... So, I think uh, the bug genre definitely fits somewhere comfortably around those. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I myself think there should be more... Uh, we need more car chase exploitation movies. Not like Fast and the Furious, yeah. but like um, like Joyride. Yeah, Joyride. Shit like or, that. Uh, Death Proof. Yeah, Death Proof. Uh, the go old school. Um, what's the fucking movie? Uh, Vanishing Point. Fucking we need great. Killer bugs in cars. Dogs that drive cars Give with me. killer bugs versus yes. killer bugs. Yes. Good boys. Versus bad bugs. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, before we get too much fucking crazier, um, if you want more Martell's Movie Madness content, go on and check us out on Facebook, Facebook. and Instagram at yeah, Martell's Movie at Martell's Movie Madness. Uh, yeah, you can see our poster art for the movie coming up. Uh, it's also going to be the design that we use for the T-shirts that we're going to be using for fundraisers. Yep. We're selling signed um, posters for $10 each. Oh, yeah. Signed posters. We're going to have t-shirts. We're going to have some stickers coming out soon. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at MovieMadness69. Uh, I feel like people don't really like take that tag seriously. And it, it's fair enough, but Martell's Movie Madness was too long. Movie Madness was taken. Martell's Madness was taken. Uh... 
Movie Madness podcast. Movie podcast. Movie Madness podcast. Too long. Okay. Movie Madness pod taken. So you get what you get sometimes with Twitter. Uh, and of course, you can also get early access to these episodes, bonus content, etc. Over on Patreon, patreon.com slash Martell's Movie Madness and Troy Babs. Troy Babs, yeah, you guys go over there and hang out with Troy Babs on Patreon. He man. is he. I want to I want to big ups for him because he's consistently supported me uh, recently with my music and this podcast. Now, uh, shout out to Troy. He, he's a he's a really good dude who supports other good dudes. Yeah, so let him lead by example and go to Patreon. Listen to that exclusive bonus content. Yeah, help us help us raise money for this movie that we're making. We get new episodes every Monday. Every Monday. We got a, a beginner's guide to trauma on there. You get to learn uh, some where you should start with trauma films. Got a little tribute episode for John Waters. Cool, cool. Up there. Uh, horror trivia. Couple top you? tens horror trivias. Um trying to think what they wanted to oh the the full versions of the halloween special and the christmas special nice last year's christmas special got really emotional okay so that second was part that just you by yourself yeah it was me by myself and i got really really deep were you like sad? i cried were you sad it, well you're gorgeous you fucking kevin smith us no 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 i didn't i didn't intend to we make a, it we got a kevin smith episode on here now i didn't intend to make it sad oh I, it was God. supposed to be a happy jo- joyous thing <laughs> but as i sat there and i was talking i kind of got emotional uh yeah because i know i realized that it it is that the seasonal depression is a thing that affects a lot of people is, in this world and like christmas is like one time around in the year where it seems like especially more recently now that kids aren't really going crazy over fad toys as much as they used to uh people are acting a little bit better around christmas they're like being nicer they're holding doors Mm -hmm. uh of course you got those you got that group of people who are like oh don't say happy holidays merry christmas etc etc you got all those war on christmas assholes but uh i feel like people need to be nicer to each other all year round yeah you know what i mean not just at christmas time and that was kind of what i got on and it it just kind of got me emotional man that's my least favorite thing Kevin Smith does. He'll just be talking, and all of a sudden he's in fucking tears. I'm like, oh, yeah, dude, I'm out. No, I, I didn't. I didn't like. It wasn't like he, a. He was, uh, re- he was reviewing Avengers Endgame, bro. Two minutes into it, the man is full on sobbing, talking about. It's at the and it's at the very end of the episode, almost too. So it's like. <laughs> no, that's sweet, though. That's sweet. Yeah. Somebody's gonna be like, "That's adorable." Oh yeah, man. It's uh, the whole episode is me doing. I think my top ten Christmas movies. Yeah. I think uh, in the first half, and then the second half is like. Uh, the animated specials. I talk about the animated specials and stuff. Right on. Uh, and there's like... hear that? Get on Patreon. There's splices of people from the past episodes on there too. And that's real cool. So yeah, go on, get on that Patreon. Cagney, tell them where they can find you. Uh, you can find me on Mondays watching movies with Ryan in York, South Carolina. <laughs> and you can find me on the internet. My name is Cagney Larkin. You just look it up on Facebook. Say hey... Tell us what some of your favorite creepy crawly movies are and just join in the discussion. Talk some yeah. movies with us. If you're local and you want to hang out and watch a movie with us one Monday, just hit me up on Facebook. Let us know. You can sit here in silence while we yeah. do our podcast. Or you can be on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, you can do that too. You know, we got, uh, I'm sure Cagney's got another mic somewhere around here. Yeah, yeah. We can hook problem. up somewhere. We got, we got two. I only got two got, inputs on my shit, but he's got three, I think. We four. Got, I got, we got two computers and two DI boxes. Um, so yeah, I mean, we can socially distance in Cagney's living room. It's, it's a big living room. Yeah, ish, big ish. It's okay. 
Yeah. Right. So yeah, thank y'all for listening. Check us out on Patreon, like I said. Check us out on YouTube. Don't let the uh, crawlies get you tonight. For sure. Check, Look out for those creepy crawlies. Check your sheets for spiders. Check your sheets for cockroaches. Now, like I say every week, let's watch What's the fucking, fucking movies. Well, it looks like you survived this time.